Why is anybody really listening to us? I mean, really. Don't you have anything better to do? It's the GNA Podcast. Games, nerds, and self-abuse. I know it doesn't really rhyme or go with the letters or anything, but, uh, yeah. It's getting pretty close to Christmas. And, uh, yeah, I'm a good Catholic. I like to, I like to beat the crap out of myself. Anyway, welcome to GNA Podcast. Games, nerds, and alcohol, where we get drunk and we talk about stuff. Mostly, mostly about random stuff because we have trouble focusing on any particular topic. Well, joining me tonight, we've got uh, you just heard him. We got D from Microbrew Gamers. How you feeling, man? Feeling all right, man. Feeling all right. I'm trying a new IPA tonight, so well, don't new to me back. at least. Tell me about it. Well, uh, you'll know the company. I picked it up. It's from Long Trail L. Okay. So, and it's their Limbo IPA. Now, the bottle art on the the box in the bottle is really neat. It's got a skeleton kind of like sitting head down underneath a big uh, red and black tree that's actually done pretty well as far as artistically. Nice. As I whack my mic with the bottle. <laughs> so um, uh, I wonder if that was important. Like, if that was something that you needed to do for effect, or if that was like uh, if it was written on the bottle or something. You know, you know it's going to stay there for effect. We'll go with that. I like it. <laughs> and um, it's actually got 7.6 uh, IBV, or not IBU, 7.6 alcohol, um, and uh, 80 are, IBU. Are, are you sure it doesn't have 80 alcohol and this? <laughs> <laughs> this one doesn't. So it's 7.6% alcohol by volume, and it's only 80 IBUs, but I've had stuff that has larger than 80 IBUs, but this tastes more bitter. Yeah, you know. Uh, ironically, every, when everybody talks about the IBU scale and it going up and it's getting more bitter, I don't find that. For some reason, the lower on the scale, I find it to be more bitter. Well, I know there's a certain point on the scale where it's pointless because if it's any more bitter, your body can no longer detect it. Uh, but I forgot what level that is. Um, but this anyways, when you first open it, you get like a hit of like bitter hops and some citrus notes. And then he tastes it. It's actually kind of like almost a sharp taste, really. You know, I like it. I like it. What about the? Uh, what about on the swallow? It just kind of has a fl- just kind of like a bitter sensation in the back afterwards. Okay. It's not bad, but it's more bitter than what I'm used to. Well, not bad's not good. Well, I'm n- I've never been a big um, IPA fan either. Too so for those that like IPAs, I've always been one that liked sweeter beers and not the bitter beers. So. The fact that this is perfectly drinkable for me, and I'm not an IPA, a big IPA fan. So, it's not bad. I think that's a glowing endorsement. Yeah. And then everybody that knows me knows that Hefeweizen and Whip beers, the sweeter beers are what I like, and some of the darker beers, but... Well, I But myself, with 7.6, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go, go, go. <laughs> I was going to say, with 7.6 and the bitterness, this is definitely a, um, I'm going to feel this, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be one that I would choose to just chill out and just relax for the taste. Okay. Think, I think what would tone it out would be a nice steak would tone it down. I think it'd be a good beer to drink with a steak. Dude, I've always loved IPAs with a good steak, a good piece of meat. And I'm going to get all really weird right now, but IPAs with meat in my mouth, it's just, it goes hand in hand. That's what it tastes like to me. It tastes like a, I'm going to sit down with a beer and a steak type beer. That's what it's, this is not like a, I would just drink this alone and chill, like, as in alone, as in by itself. This would be something I'd pair with a steak for me personally. Yeah, you know, I found a lot of IPAs are that way. They they pair better with food. They're 
Now, I enjoy drinking IPAs just in general, so I like drinking IPAs just on Mm -hmm. their own. But I found that if you drink an IPA with a meal, it enhances it so much more. But I think that was kind of the um, some of the intent of them because there really is good beer and food combinations out there. There really is ways you can pair it, and they both complement each other. So, like alone wouldn't be a big deal, but together they're awesome. And that's why I liked like the uh, restaurant and microbreweries throughout Germany when I stayed there, is because you would sit down and you say, you could go by what the waiter says. Well, this is our signature, like say meal and beer that are paired together and they were paired just right to complement each other and i liked going through and doing that i wish i could remember all the different foods and the beers i drank but i was usually already tanked by then it was the army days and i was usually probably i was probably ordering a steak with a fork sticking out of my nose by then i mean it's a way to be pretty much well i myself i am partaking in another hardywood beer if you remember from last week i was drinking a hardywood um gingerbread stout i don't remember cecil no because you weren't here douchebag <laughs> uh, but for those of you who listened to the episode who may not have been here either but also listened to the episode <laughs> poke poke then, then how did i know our topic for tonight uh, because we posted it damn it next and then Dang. and then you're too smart for me i'm a great magician i disappear now Anywho, so this is the bourbon barrel gingerbread stout, and I gotta say, I'm I'm currently on the fence about it. So look, just by look, it's a it's a nice deep um, brown, almost charcoal black, uh, but it's definitely got some hints of brown in there. If you if you hold it up to the light, you can really get a good glimpse of of the browns that are going through it. Uh, the smell has a very distinct smell of, 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 of bourbon, of that charred oak bourbon barrel. The taste, however, that's the thing that's throwing me off hardcore. So, yeah, so it's got that full bodiness of a stout. That first attack, though, is all that, that charred oak flavor where it's really, really strong. It's, um, it's got a lot of that it's got a lot of that that oaky flavor to it um, almost peatiness then right through the middle right after the attack right through that center it's full on gingerbread it's it's weird it's sweet it's um it's really a weird flavor but then on the swallow and the exhale it's all bourbon barrel again it's like a bourbon barrel sandwich it almost sounds too complex to be fully enjoyed, you know? It, it almost sounds like they're they're trying to overreach with the complexity of flavors. Maybe. You know, maybe maybe that's just it. Because there's... Look, this is a very flavorful beer. And I am so on the fence on whether I like it or I don't like it. It's Because it's I wonder because... There, there is a bitterness to it. And that's not like that's not a turnoff or anything, but there is a bitterness to it as well, which I'm not used to in a stout. A stout I'm used to it being very, very smooth and very clean, um, but this has got a distinct bitterness to it. You know, I do like like the uh, oak barrel whiskey flavors, and I do like gingerbread. So I'm wondering how I'd feel about that with a taste of that. Oh man, too bad we weren't in closer proximity. Yeah, because this is this is definitely. So would you say there was an oak barrel of whiskey and uh, 
Gingerbread man took a little skinny dip and ginger dad came aside and we were like, what the fuck? And he got out running. No, no, dude, this, if I was going to describe a situation where this happened, I would say the father gingerbread made a, made a, a hot tub out of a bourbon barrel, walked away. His son got in there with his gingerbread girlfriend and they were macking it hard. And, you know, let's just say one or two shots in there and then they jumped out. Like that's, it, it really, it, it, it's in that middle part right there. It's like a gingerbread man just bricked right in my mouth. Funny thing is my mental image is instead of you uh, getting surprised by that, the gingerbread man or the ginger dad coming out, seeing the mess in the hot tub and making that, you remember from Shrek when the gingerbread man was scared? He's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big O face. That was the mental image I had in my head. I'll allow it. I'm not saying, but. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> no, it's, um, I'm super on the fence about it. Like I, everything about it, cause I love Hardywood's gingerbread stouts and everything about it is saying I should really enjoy this. And I think I am, but it's weird. I'm just, it's the, the flavors of it are just throwing me off. Cause I'm, I'm expecting that. Like I get that bourbon barrel hit and I'm expecting it all the way through. And then all of a sudden it just, it, it vaporizes. And it turns into something completely different, and I'm and it, it throws my brain for a loop. And just when I'm, just when I'm finally getting used to what it turned itself into, it goes right back into bourbon barrel, and it's 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 awesome. I, it's that's the only thing I can say is that it's it's awesome the roller coaster I'm, I'm taking. I just don't know whether I like it yet. Maybe it, w- it might be one of those where like at first it's a little hard, but as you get further into it, it mellows out. It might be one of those beers where the flavors just as you drink it kind of. Well, it's also 11.5% by volume, so I'm assuming the farther I get into it, the further mellow I'll be. Should be. Hope so. If not, have another. I was going to say, and these are big bottles, too. These aren't, like, small bottles. These are, uh, so... For, one for the audience? 9.4 ounces. 750 milliliters. So this is, like, a bottle... This is a bottle of rum, but... Uh, honestly, for, for, the, for, for the audience, you held it up at first, and I was like... Cecil doing with a damn wine glass, oh, <laughs> wine bottle. I was like, oh, oh, that's the beer. <laughs> yeah, it is. Here, it almost looks like, like a wine bottle. Hold on, in the back here. Uh, Hardywood Gingerbread Stout, described by beer advocate as, what the fuck is that word? Friggin? Friggin? Whatever. Uh, Could you put it to the camera? <laughs> oh, friggin Christmas in a bottle. I'm just sitting there going, what the hell? They, they, they spelled, okay, so they spelled friggin, F-R-E-A-G-I-N. Like freight, like a freight train. A friggin. Yeah, like friggin, but I'm pretty confident this is supposed to be friggin Christmas in a bottle. Um, is an Imperial Milk Stout brewed with vanilla beans, cinnamon, fresh Castlemont Farm Baby Ginger, and Bearer Farms Wildflower Honey. Gingerbread Stout has been matured in Virginia bourbon barrels where it adapts an incredibly mellow character with oak and caramel. Yeah, you definitely get the oak. Emerging 12 weeks later at Bourbon Barrels GBS, a festive blend of spice character laces this rich, chocolatey stout, which warms the palate. See, now, I don't get any chocolate out of this whatsoever. Like, that's one that's one flavor that I think is completely absent from this, is chocolate. So it says you should have a chocolate flavor in there, but you're not getting it? No, but man, that that bourbon flavor is, like, there. The more and more I get into it now... Like the gingerbread is almost like becoming 
a hint, like a note, like an undertone of it. Yeah, it, it's becoming it's becoming more notish than it is full on like there, like it was in the first couple sips. Now I'm getting all of that bourbon barrel, like all the way through, and it's sitting there in the back of my mouth on the sides of my tongue. This is good stuff. Sounds tasty. It is. It's uh, I dig it. You know, if somebody was walked down right now and say, "Can you dig it?" I'd be like, "I can dig it." Yeah, so sometimes on some beers, you really need to get past the first few sips. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that, and that, that's what this is. It's almost like your mouth has to calibrate. Like a printer. Get out a few pages, you're good now. All of a sudden, I start spitting up friggin' printer ink. Well, anywho, let's, uh, let's get on to some topic here. First, uh, first topic we got to go on to, State of Games. State of Games, if you don't know what State of Games is, State of Games is where we talk about what we've played for the past week, or we just simply pontificate on whatever the hell we feel the State of Games are right now. Um, so, D, what's your State of Games there, guy? Well, I've been giving the Switch some love. So I got, uh, I've been playing The Labyrinth of Refrain, Coven of Dusk, trying to finish up that. It's an RPG. Um, you're basically a, um... The main character is a witch, Baba Yaga, who's who's youthful. Unlike the old, like, decrepit version, this is like a gorgeous young version. It's Japanese anime girl type. Like brown chicken, brown cow version? And, uh... Yes. And... She does walk with a cane, and she's missing a leg, so she has one prosthetic leg, which is the only thing that's odd about her. Other than the fact that it's Baba Yaga. So does everybody call her Peg? Nope. Madam uh, Dronya is what... Her apprentice Luca calls her just so she can stay under the radar as a witch. Come on, Peg. So she goes there. Peg was a great pun there. Oh, it was, but it's not what they called her. Couldn't let me have it. <laughs> I'm being Sheldon over here. A little too, little, little too literal. Anyway, so she finds this mysterious, you know, this, this um, powerful grimoire type book that actually has a soul in it. Like, and a personality. And she's trying to explore this underground underground labyrinth that was all over, but it's poisonous for people to go into. So she lets the book go down, and then it releases out these puppets that she's created that turn basically into down there with the magic, like almost like human warriors or like wizards and all that, like people, except they really are nothing more than animated puppets. And you equip them just like a party with like an RPG. You got your spells, you got your armor, sword, your different weapons, anything from scythes to, you know, shields, to, you know, and the whole shebang. And you're basically just trying to um, uncover what you can. And as a deal, the mayor's letting you be in there. He knows you're a real witch, but you're going to be sending like some cash and treasure his way. So he wanted you to come and kind of loot that. And you're trying to discover more about that uh, that grimoire you've got. And she's got some sort of plans, but it doesn't reveal to you right away what her ultimate goals are. So, And I haven't got to the end of the game, so I don't know yet. Uh, but she meets a cast of interesting characters, to say the least. One's like a one-eyed nun that is just kind of... Uh, for lack of a better word, a really horny hoe that's also, like, lesbian. You got a number? By the game. <laughs> so it, it's kind of a weird game, but, um, I mean, it's fun for an RPG exploratory, exploring a labyrinth, and it's like, the labyrinth you go through is kind of like uh, on some of the RPGs where it's like a higher depth version of when, uh, remember the old D&D games where you'd walk through and it would kind of map as you go along, except it actually does have a map for you, but you go left, right, you kind of see it almost first person. So it's like that. And of course, the battles, 
aren't really random. You can actually see there's like a big orb that goes around and when you run into it, it'll either rush towards you if it sees you or run away if you're too overpowered. And if you walk up to it and it's looking the other way, you can get the jump on it and then the battle commence and then you'll see the real monsters in the, you know, in the, in the view. So you get the monsters and you can have your select your fight, spell, whatever you want to do. Uh, it's actually pretty cool. Um, before I give final judgment, I got to finish it. And I've also been playing, of course, with the kids were still playing the um, Super Mario Odyssey on the Switch. They've been playing that for a while. And, well, we beat it already, but there's if you get all 999 uh, moon pieces scattered throughout there, you can fight like a secret boss that isn't Bowser and get like a, like a special ending and everything else. So, because the kids love it so much, they want to continue playing this thing like indefinitely, and I kind of want to get to the um, the secret boss. So far, we've got 736 of those. Damn. So we're, we're plugging away. We're plugging away, and, and the kids are having fun playing that. Um, and of course, I've been playing my Vita. I've been playing some of the old um, Final Fantasies again, just, just because, you know, whether it be going to the doctor's office, you know, just in between, I've had my uh, Vita on me. So um, that's pretty much it. I haven't done anything too exciting this time around, but I have just been trying to finish up a couple games. And, of course, I got some on the back burner. Like, I just picked up the uh, Diablo 3. I'm hoping you'll join me on that one yeah, <laughs> on I the Switch get soon. Switch first. I know. I, I keep trying to put that bug in your head. Uh, dude, If uh, I'll, I'll, I'll briefly go into my woes. But, uh, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got a lot of things on the plate before I can get to buying anything else cool for me. Uh, one is rebuilding an Impala, and the second one is paying for a <laughs> a really old guitar to get refurbished. But that is exciting because that that is pretty cool. Oh, dude! Like when this, like, I never thought I would be like I like playing guitar and and I enjoy it and it's a stress reliever. But I never thought I would be that guitar guy who has like you know a, a shit ton of guitars sitting around the house. Or a collector's guitar. Yeah, or a collector. I mean, honestly, I never, I never really put myself in those shoes of, of having more than an electric and an acoustic. Like, that I figured would be the extent of my guitar collection. Um, however, as of this moment, I have, I have five guitars in this room. And I've got two more coming. One is actually up in New York right now. I gotta go pick up. It's, uh... It's a fairly expensive guitar. I think it's been priced out at about five or so grand, for how much it's worth. And then I've got uh, I've got another guitar that it's actually being refurbished. It was a Gibson Les Paul, and I'm waiting for it to once it gets refurbished, it'll be here, and that will be my seventh guitar that I will then have. Um, again, never really thought I'd be the guitar guy, where I'm the guy who has a whole crap ton of guitars hanging around. But I do, <laughs> and I guess I'm that guy. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, though, my state of games is I am... I've actually been playing a little bit of The Darkest Dungeon again. I really dig the game. It's it's simplistic and it's complex all at the same time. It's got a really, really nice art style. Very, you know, very cel-shaded, very uh, comic bookish. I think it would be uh, be how I would probably describe the artwork. Simple, you know, it, it looks like the old Flash game, I think it was like Adventure Quest or something like that. Uh, it, it's 
but but very simple game, very very easy easy put together game. It's not like it's uh, it's not like it's crazy out there. But you've got a couple of different things that you work with. So it's a, a tr- traditional RPG. So you've got weapons and armor and stuff like that. But it's very very streamlined and simplistic. So you know it's not like hey I go out and I get this weapon or 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 hey I find a new weapon and I equip it. It's uh, you know, once you level your character up, you can level up their weapon to level two, or you can re- level up their armor to level two, and you know, level up their skills. But you have to update the blacksmith or the forge or whatever else to update those skills. So the things you collect in the dungeon, you use to upgrade those buildings. And once you upgrade those buildings, you can then upgrade your characters. But the twisty part about this game is it's it's designed. Okay, you remember how I designed. Um, like you're all gonna rot in prison, or the Star Wars yeah. RPG that we played, yeah. Where my goal was to kill you. Yep. That's this game. This game is designed to kill your characters. Appropriate. Well, it's, it's a, called Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> it's really fun, just simply because you know you 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 see how far you'll go, or see what you'll do to save you know the one character that you got. You know, do you really want to save this character? Do you really do? Do you not? Do you care about this character? It's it's interesting to see how far you'll go, you know, to 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 save a character you've been working on for you know the past four or five dungeons or whatever it may be. But I think what's also cool is that the counterbalance, like you were telling me about, the, what counterbalances the simplicity of the the leveling up system and the items and armor. On the other hand, is is part of what you know your survival depends on. Yeah, the stress part of it. So that's one of the mm-hmm. extra things that you've got to deal with is you've got this element of stress. And, you know, everybody's heard the, heard the term stress kills. In this game, stress kills. It literally will kill you. So if you are not being careful, um, your character will get, low, will get high on stress and low on health. When, when that happens, your character will actually get to the point where the stress gives them a heart attack and they die. Or I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, this is like going back reading about it. I heard that it can also make the character like not effective, like might panic and not attack or whatever. Oh, oh, yeah. The stress does all sorts of things to them. Like just them dying from it. That's just one thing that can happen. There is a metric shit ton of other things that can happen. Like, actually, I'm, I'm actually playing it right now. Hold on a second. I will um, <laughs> kill gonna, your character I'm, for no, the I'm sake gonna, of I'm science. Fire up one of my characters here. <laughs> So this is one of my characters. He's a he's a apprentice uh, crusader. His name is Demont. Currently, his quirks is what they call him. He's got stress fighter. So negative one hundred percent food consumption is stress if stress is above fifty percent, which is a good thing. Um, luminous plus two speed plus five dodge, which is great. And evasive, he's got plus five dodge. But then we go over to his negative traits. He's got durinal. D-I-U-R-N-A-L. I guess I don't know how to enunciate that. But it's negative two speed if the torch is below 26%. Witness, he will not take part in prayer activity in town after certain traumatic events. And Warren's Phobe, uh, plus 20% stress in the Warrens. So there's this other thing that's here, and that's why they call it the Darkest Dungeon. You have this torch level that's up, up top, and as you progress through the dungeon, that torch starts to extinguish more and more. Well, the more that torch extinguishes, the more issues come up from it. Like, for instance, my my torch level is at 62. So it's plus stress, it's plus monster grits, 
but since it's still so bright, I have plus dodge, plus scouting, and plus three monster surprise. So it's, it's, there's a lot to it, but it's pretty simplistic. Like, so it's simple to start and get into, but complex to allow your character to survive for any length of time. Exactly. Like the first couple dungeons you go through, you're going, meh, this is easy. Then you start going into some of the latter dungeons and you're like, I'm getting wrecked. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm getting riggedy wrecked. But this is definitely one of the better games I've played. Now, the real topic for tonight is the worst games that we've ever played. And I know, I know we've got a few of those. And when we say worst games, like worst games we've actually played, not just the worst games that have ever been like in existence. So we've got to cut that with a caveat. We actually have good news played is, the game. And good news is I finally found the one that I was talking about earlier before the podcast. Fan freaking tastic. So you're not going to go crazy going clickety 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 trying to find it. That's awesome. Exactly. And and the brain freeze that I had was that I was sitting there, oh I thought this was on my PS4. It was on the PS3 and Vita. Nice. So well, that's where my brain was just being... Spit it out, man. Let's talk about it. What is it? You know I'm a big fan of indie games, oh, yeah. pixel art, and RPGs. It's a trifecta. I, I, I love this stuff. And my worst game, ironically, is falls into that trifecta. But it's a <laughs> shitty-ass game. <laughs> nice. It's called uh, Dragon Fantasy. There's books one and two. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I first got it when I was a new. I was like, oh, sounds kind of neat. Book one. I never even made it through book one to get to the second episode. Awesome. You play as this old guy, going to go on this quest and everything else, and he's used to be an adventurer, but now he's kind of like out of retirement, so he shouldn't be questing because he's not in good shape, but he's going to anyway. And it's full of... They try to like do something like, you know, like what some games, comic books, everything do. Like some things try to break, for humor, try to break the fourth wall. Yeah. Well, this game was supposed to be a homage to all that stuff, like the old 80s RPGs and, and 8-bit art and all. It was supposed to be this homage. Yeah. So they're constantly making these wisecracks and jokes, and they're trying to you know constantly break the fourth wall. But it's cheesy, it's not done well, and they overdo it. It's like, it's like the one kid that thinks he's a comedian in class and tries too hard, and really just everybody wishes he would shut the fuck up. <laughs> that game is that kid. So, so, so not Deadpool class, fourth wall breaks. No, we're not talking about, like, that was funny, that was clever, I like this. We're talking, it's like, there, there's there's fourth wall breaks, like, funny Deadpool, and then there's the equivalent of annoying that's, like, speaking and talking during the movie, and you saw it on premiere night, and you're ruining the ending for everybody. It's that level of annoying. Oh, God. So, and the 8-bit art is literally, like, 8-bit art. It's not even done that great. It's like somebody half-assed and tried to go overboard with the whole break the fourth wall, the 80s humor... And RPG Maker. Ooh. Possibly one of the PlayStation 1, PS2 versions. Not even the good RPG Maker where you can go pro on the computer, you know? So like the SNES RPG Maker? I would give it at least PS1. Okay. All right. I mean, I could see where they wanted to go. I could see that they tried. It They just... Not good. They just failed miserably. Yeah. So it even got bad reviews. And that was probably one of the bad... And it's not just, like, the worst for me because it is absolutely the worst game, but it was such a disappointment because it touched on a lot of things I like, but instead of touching it, it more or less, like... Raped it? Uncomfortably molested and raped it. (laughs) 
It wasn't like it wasn't like going to the strip club saying, "Oh, she's hot. She's rubbing her boobies on me." It was like, "Oh my god, why is this creepy homeless guy with the sewer smelling hands touching me in inappropriate places?" Show us on the doll where the bad man touched you. Yeah, it, it, this is like booger finger touch you in in in, a, in an inappropriate spot. You know. Oh. And not even actually no, not even booger finger. We're talking about like itching down there in the ass crack finger. Oh, stank palm gives you the Oh, it gives you it gives you the stink finger, all over. Oh man, inner thigh, yo mouth, you know, yeah, just horrible stuff. You know, somebody's gonna listen to this and actually have like a, a PTSD moment. Yeah, they're also they probably like, shouldn't even talk like yeah, this. They're, gonna, they're <laughs> actually terrible. gonna have a like a flop on the ground moment and freak. That's gonna be great. We'll get we'll get arrested. We're gonna get sued. Oh, shocker! <laughs> Line up, guys. <laughs> yeah, take take a number. Well, one of the games that uh, I, I played that was, oh God, I actually only got about 10 or 15 minutes into it, and it's a game I posted the article about, um, and I'm just going to pull up the article here quick. <laughs> uh, it was called Tunnel Rats. So, Is it like, is it like the premise of r- real Tunnel Rats, like what I know Tunnel Rats to be? Y- yes. Yes. It was... Uh, it was supposed to be a shooter. Uh, I think it took place in Vietnam. Let me pull this guy up. Honestly, I did not get too far into it. I just jumped right into it. I'm like, let me play, let me play. I think Tunnel Rats really started off in the World Wars, and then went. Uh, they were heavily used also in Vietnam. And you're you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely. And typically, correct. the they actually had a body style that they favored. It was a skinny, short guys because they could fit down in those tunnels and move around and you know, real quick. Well, bigger guys couldn't get around, so they used to use them. Yeah, so I'm just going to read to you the little synapse here so so, so you can get a, a, a kind of mind or frame of mind on it. So Tunnel Rats. Bad taste in my mouth. Tunnel Rats is a dark and intense single player shooter for PC that depicts the horrific realities of the Vietnam War as, as seen through the eyes of a young U.S. soldier. As a member of a Tunnel Rat, in quotes, squad, the player is trained to clearing out huge tunnel systems underneath the jungle of Vietnam. Now, dude, when I read that, I was like, "Dude, that sounds amazing." I looked at the, uh, I looked at the, the stills of it, and that should have been the thing that set it off right there. There were only stills; there was no video like trailer. So I was like, "Well, damn, this looks pretty badass. I want to play this." You know, even like underground, the dirt looked okay. The dirt didn't look fantastic, but it looked decent. It looked better than but, the world. You know, as long as. It- as long as it's not too bad, it's gameplay's where it's at. It's where you really want to focus. Exactly. And uh, and at the time, I don't think it had too many reviews. So I went, all right, well, whatever. Let me give this guy a shot. Well, I guess the first thing I need to, to explain to you is that uh, you remember when Steam finally gave you the option to abolish a game from your library? Like, literally abolish it so it never even said you bought it? I have actually yet to abolish one, but I do know of the feature. Well, I literally, I read that the feature was enabled and they brought it. And as soon as I read that, I immediately got rid of this game because that's how bad it was. But as long as it's a fun premise, you even like broken games. So if you abolished, if if you banished it to another dimension here, that that's saying a lot. Dude. Because just like, just like we, we, there are some bad and broken games or crappy games we do enjoy. For the amusement factor, just like the bad B-rated movies. Exactly. 
This so for this to get banished to Dimension X. This was so bad, and I mean so bad. So let's start off. We'll we'll, we'll go down the realms. Uh, so graphics. The graphics were okay. Uh, you know, the stills were probably the best graphics that you saw in the game. At- but you can't like. I mean, you also can't hold like the oh, play it. You know, the new. AAA PlayStation 4 realist to like an indie company. So I understand no, no, no. that right there wouldn't even turn me off. No, no, and that's the thing. That's why when I looked at it, I said, hey, you know what? This doesn't look so bad. I think I can still get into it. But the graphics, the graphics were okay. They weren't fantastic. They were okay. But literally, the stills are the best graphics you see in the game. Everything else, once you start moving, blurs. Like, is there severe motion blur? Uh, no, I didn't get too much motion blur because I, I had a fairly quick response rate on my monitor. But no, but some games, if they're not done well, can like give can blur what would be normally clearer graphics. Oh, when you're well, moving. no, I, I haven't seen that yet. Then um, sorry, it was the wrong term. No, 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 no I'm, I'm tracking. I'm tracking. But the and bear in mind that this was almost a decade ago that I, I played this game. So I played it for about ten fifteen minutes, and in that ten fifteen minutes, the opening movie was. Uh, best way to describe it is jumpy, jittery, I guess, would be another another good word for it. So it's like, all right, whatever. Let me go through here. <laughs> um, Who did the editing, Butters? I, I, don't, <laughs> South Park? I, I don't know. Uh, maybe Michael J. Fox? Oh, <laughs> poor guy. Dude, it was bad. It was really bad. No, no. Was was it like Rob Zombie's brother on um, a House of a Thousand Corpses? House of a Thousand Corpses bad? Not that bad. It wasn't they got? I, I don't know. I don't know anything that could be. I mean, I don't know how you could fuck it. I mean, I know editing's not easy, but I don't know how you could quite fuck it that bad. Look at your work after and go. You know what? That is top notch. That is movie quality material. That's like that would be. If I looked at my work and like you know House of a Thousand Corpses that editing job, and I saw how bad I did, I would immediately took a hot poker and sterilized myself. Yeah, I was gonna say I would have stuck, <laughs> shoved that hot poker right up my pee hole. I would have. Um, no, this wasn't this wasn't that bad, thankfully. So once you get into the actual game, first weapon you got, of course, Anya is a knife. So I'm like, all right. Let me try this knife thing out. Let me see how it goes. Let me see what this works. She had a knife and a pistol. Like, let me Man, who, who was in charge of that one? Fucking Rumsfeld? <laughs> here, we're going to go and win the battle. Here, here's your equipment. I, 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 got a, I got a knife. Here, we're going to give you this magic broomstick. Just point it at somebody and go bangity, bangity, bang. They'll drop dead. Yeah, it sounds like their supplier was as stingy as, you know, Rumsfeld. I got no body armor, no bayonets. Dude, so to use the knife... So here's one of the glitches I found in the first 15 minutes of the game. I got the knife in my hand. You're crawling through a tunnel, a.k.a. tunnel rats. All right. I'm okay with that. Um, I find a pistol on a dead guy down there. I'm like, okay, hey, this is pretty cool. Well, I pull out my knife. And, of course, me instinctively going, hey, let me see how the physics work in the game. I stab the dead guy. It's It's... It's a little masochist there, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm testing how the game is going to perform. I fell through the floor. I proceeded to fall for like 30 seconds. Before, That's awesome. Before I, I exited out and I went back into the game and it didn't save. So I went right back in and I watched that horrible movie again. 
which I couldn't skip the intro movie. I had to watch the whole thing. Okay. So then I jump back into the game. I crawl down there. I get the guy's gun and I say, okay, obviously using my knife is going to give me problems. If I try to stab this dead guy, let me try to shoot him. I shoot him. And it's like, I launched the biggest ping pong ball in a giant metal tube. The thing started bouncing all over the place. After it like glitches out my sound and I finally say, okay, well, screw this. I crawl past it and I find my first enemy. Oh yeah. All right. My first enemy. I'm going to wreck this guy. I'm like, wreck it, Ralph. I'm going to wreck it. No, no, I'm not going to wreck it. Aiming at it. Dead square center mass. Bop, 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 bop. Whole clip thing is still guy still running right at me or well crawling at me, I guess. <laughs> I'm literally like, what do I have to use to kill this guy? Oh, let me try my knife. Can you take a guess what happens when I try to stab the guy running at me? <laughs> you fell through the floor. I fell again. through the floor. <laughs> you know, this game really sounds like to me. I think they were trolling me. That's what I was going to say. This is a prank by a programmer that obviously hates humanity and probably himself. And has probably had enough of our shit. <laughs> so he released something on Steam to say, fuck you, society, waste your money and cry. So... Because that, that doesn't even sound like a bug. That sounds like a well-intentioned trap. Okay, every time you use this knife, you're falling through the fucking floor to nothing. That sounds like a well-executed trolling, is what it sounds like. So here's, here's one that uh, I read recently when I looked up this game. And I almost, I almost cried both because of of laughing and then i then i i said okay i gotta look this up and make sure that this wasn't actually correct but the rate the review <laughs> oh god the review from monser auli made on january 7th 2015 war is hell not because of its violent nature but because ua bowl was behind the game development <laughs> there he is he's cropping up I swear to god that's the actual review on the game I'm not making it up I, I went back to this game because I was like man what was that game that I actually deleted from my list And I now the next question is was Yui Bowl actually behind it well that's my question so how I, how I stumbled back upon this game because keep in mind I really tried to abolish this game from my from my memory like completely and existence so I looked up I went all right let me go back because I've played so many games I can't honestly remember all the bad ones I played so I said let me look up some of the some of the generated list that people have made of the worst video games ever and I was just perusing quick just looking at some like uh and then I saw and then I saw tunnel rats and I went oh my god that's it so I I, I pulled up the steam page and I'm like this is it right here Holy hell. So then I'm reading the article of what the dude wrote. And the dude wrote that, and I, I, he wrote something, I forget exactly what it was, but he mentioned, then he mentioned something about Uwe Boll in his article. And I went, Jesus Christ, does, does everybody, like, is this guy ragging on Uwe Boll too? I mean, I might like this guy already. <laughs> then, I, then I look and I realize that he was reading off one of the reviews and I went, no friggin' way. So I just, I jumped onto Steam, I started scrolling through reviews, 
And sure enough there, made in 2015, was this dude's review. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's bad when somebody's comparing it to an Uwe Boll movie. <laughs> he is behind a lot of evil. Oh, God. And now I'm really curious if Uwe Boll really was behind the game or not. Yeah, now, now I'm kind of half... <laughs> I'm almost half expecting to see that he had something to do with it. Oh, God, if Uwe Boll was making video games... I- I I don't know whether I would buy him just to troll him, but then I'd know that I'd just be giving him money, and I would probably hate myself in the end. You'd feed the evil. You'd, you'd make it stronger. Well, <laughs> then steam goes out of business. I gotta say that this uh, this gingerbread stout, the farther you get into it, really does smooth right out. That's good, and it's smoother than those uh, those uh, tunnel rat graphics and gameplay, huh? Oh God. Yeah, I would have been fine. Like, the premise of the game was really good. Um, the, as I said, the graphics were okay. I, 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 you know what? I honestly don't remember the sound. And that's on me because I, I can't really give a good full review from memory. But I just remember I kept falling through the damn floor every time I tried to use my knife. And I'm like, this has got, like, I really thought that I was just being trolled. And I'm like, no, nah, this is, this is somebody watching me going. No, we're going to mess with them. No, you were being trolled just ingeniously. Amazingly. All right, what about some, what, what's some other of the worst games you've played? Now, I've got to think, because this is what came to mind, but i got to really think. Because I try to avoid most shovelware. And since hopping onto that uh, Dragon Fantasy Book 1, I've been kind of more leery. I kind of check the reviews before I try out games. I mean... So here's one. I'm going to ask if you played it, because I didn't. Uh, Duke Nukem Forever. You ever play it? No, I heard too much shit about See, it. I didn't play it either. Um, but there's a classic game that I did play that everybody reveres as being horrible. One that was dumped into a landfill. E. E. I actually had that game, and I played it. And you know what's weird, though? I didn't find it that horrible. Granted, I was I was really young when I played it, but I just found it it, you know, it, it was repetitive, and you did the same thing over and over again, and all you did was go down into a hole and give a flower an erection. But then again, in, in any Atari game, do you ever really know what the fuck anything is on the screen, or do you know what the fuck you're doing on any of the old Atari games? Well, I mean, no. No. No, no. I don't. <laughs> no we don't. No. In Pitfall, I kind of knew I was a little guy. No, Pitfall. No, Pitfall, yeah. You, you could, yeah, it was done well. And uh, what was that, like... F1 Racing or something like that? That was on the Game Boy. No, no, there was a... Uh, there, was a there was a Pro-Am Racing. Was it Pro-Am Racing? Pro-Am race, Racer. And there was also... They had a habit of just calling stuff... There was def, there was, there was other games. Like, the a lot of Atari games had just, like, the generic name. It could be, like, Racing or Racer. Combat. Airplane. No, there, <laughs> they, they actually used a lot of words like that. There was, like, an F1 Racing. I don't remember. This is going to kill me. Like, actually sacrifice me to a dark god if I can't find it. You know what? Uh, actually, a Super Nintendo RPG that bugged the crap out of me. Hit me. Draken. Oh, God. That game was horrible, but amazingly horrible. Well, the problem is, is, is I had a glitch every time I played. There was a certain point. There were certain things you had to do. Otherwise, you could not progress in the game at all. Like, you'd go around, and then you'd go to this one castle, and, you know, there's a bunch of intrigue. Some of the dragons are against other dragons. 
You go in there, and the main dragon, female dragon thing, queen or whatever, decides that um, they'll use your help and everything else and, and, and tells you to do something, gives you a couple things, whatever, and you can't progress without it. And um, I get to it, and she just murders my whole party. Like, <laughs> just starts killing. I'm like, um, I read that, 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 that she was supposed to give me something. I'm thinking, I must have screwed something up. You know, didn't do something right, pissed off a drat. You know what I mean? You, you made a bad choice somewhere. And I could not, I restarted the game. I could not figure out. I kept going. I'm like, and Travis at the time was like, dude, the f- what did you do? It's like, I've never been able to get past this point. He's like, here, you know what? I have, because he saved, he, he had a dragon game, so he saved a couple files. He's like, here, play mine. I got way past it, but I have the save file right before going in to talk to the female. I made all the right choices, you know, before talking to the dragon. There's no way you can F this up. I'll sit here with you. So I go, okay, cool. I'll finally be able to figure out what I did. So I grab the controller. We sit down. I walk in. And the dragon goes nuts and murders me. And, my, and Travis just looks over and goes, what the fuck? He's like, that was my save file. How the fuck? He's like, I don't understand this. And this is why I've never, to this day, I've never gotten past that point. I would do everything I can, follow like game facts. And I'd walk in, step in the door, and the dragon just looks at me and goes, oh, hell no, and murders my whole party. I've never gotten past that glitch. And I have bought that game like three times. I tried different cartridges. So it's funny that you say that in Draken. I could never, I never got all that far in that game because every time when you walked up towards the castle, you met that mm-hmm. eyeball looking thing. Every time I got to that eyeball looking thing, I'd be like, all right. And I'm thinking to myself, well, let me attack it. So I'd attack it and then it would just wreck my whole party with like this, it would rain down lightning from the sky. And then I'd run, I'd go, okay. So then when I'd go, all right, I'm not going to attack this thing. All of a sudden, this big, like, Easter Island head thing came out of the ground and started attacking me and wrecking my face. I'm like, what the, what am I supposed to do? You know, my second biggest problem would be, I'm adventuring saying, okay, okay, I'm going to do this better. I'm going to level up. I'm going to get some cool armor. I'd get some cool armor, you know, some cool weapons. Drago would come out to fight, and then all of a sudden, all my people were naked because all my armor would break. I had that luck where it's like, you know, sometimes your armor would break in a fight and you lose it. Every time they'd be like, oh, something comes from the sky, you know, stars align, and here comes the dragon. And then my party's naked for the 50th time. Sounds about so right. So I always had a naked party, and the one key dragon that, needs you to, that allows you to progress your game, for no reason, wants to murder my party. And there was no choices previous in the game where you could turn her to your enemy or piss her off. So to this day, none of us can figure out why I always get murdered by this supposedly harmless dragon. Jesus. Yeah, Draken was really one of those classic, really, really bad games. But I think that's one of those classic bad games that everybody knows was bad. But it, it, the way is, like, you kind of want to, like, play it because you're like, this could be cool. I know I'm just stuck in the beginning or I'm not really doing much, but, you know, if I could just get past the shitty part, maybe it's something cool. But you never get past this, the bad part. Now, the thing that always... And you're the... They did make a sequel to it. I, I, you know, I heard about Draken too, and I'm really glad that yeah. I never touched it. It's actually better than the first one. It's actually supposedly a decent game, but it's extremely rare and expensive, so I've never had a chance to look at it, play it, touch it, anything. And at the price tag, I'm not going to. 
I honestly, I don't know if her, the, the one game that, uh, the one game that was expensive that I, I never got my hands on except for a, a friend of mine. Actually, I'm gonna, I think I'm looking at the friend of mine who had it. Uh, let me grab it and borrow a rip of it just so I could play the game was, uh, Suicoden 2. I like never find a copy of Suicoden 2 and I had Suicoden 1 and I forget why I, so I was in Babbage's in the Saratoga Mall. And I was like, oh, let me go see what's through here. Yeah, you dick cheese, you got it right there. Um, you know what's sad, Cecil? What? What's really sad? Right now, I know where there is a nice condition copy right now, and not for eBay price. I'm listening. I mean, it's still expensive, but it's still like, like $140 or something. Exactly. But, I mean, it's I don't know, maybe not that much. I think it's more like 120 but at a game store near me. <sighs> yeah, so... Like that was one of those games that I, I just I, I got through the first one and Su- and the cool part is, is that if you go through Suicoden One, however many stars you have alive at the end of Suicoden One depicts how many of those stars are alive in Suicoden Two, which is awesome. Which I, like I've always loved those games that carry over stuff from the previous game. Uh, one of the first games I ever played of it was Quest for Glory. I actually played Quest for Glory Two: Trial by Fire. And, nice. and I didn't realize that I got to, I would play it. I got to the end of it and it said, Hey, you want to save your character? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Save my character. I figured I was saving my character for some sort of like, you know, game plus mode or new game plus where it would load my character and I'd have all my stats, but I could never figure out how the hell to do that. So I was like, huh? All right. Well, whatever. Then the third game came out. So at the end of the second game, it was actually really interesting at the end of the second game. It had a title as for for being what the game was supposed to what the next game was supposed to be, but instead of having that as the title, they actually made that game they made that the fourth game instead of the third game, so you didn't even know like there you didn't even have a chance to play that game until the fourth game um so then when I got into the third game, there was an import feature. And I noticed that there was an import feature in the second game too, but I didn't realize what it ever did because I tried to import my character and it kept going. I couldn't. I was like, well, what the hell is that all about? So when I finally got to the third game and it said, hey, import your character. I went, import my character. And I had that floppy disk hanging out that had my character from the second game. In it. And I went, well, all right. So I popped it in there and I had forgotten that in that character I had, uh, I had become a paladin. So when I loaded up the next game, all of a sudden I could be a paladin. I'm like, wait a minute. Those aren't any of the three choices I could take. I could be a fighter, a, a thief, or, a, or a, a mage. All of a sudden now I can be a, a paladin? What's this about? So I found out that that was my first intrepid love into that. But don't feel too bad. I mean, that's I, I got my whole hands on another copy of Suicoden 2. Oh, yeah? But that, now here's where you can feel bad for me. I uh, had a couple copies of it earlier on. One was sealed, and one was one I played. Yeah. The one, and I was in the army at the time, so the one that I was playing got stolen. So I was sad. But I was like, at least I got that one that I kept at my parents' house. The only thing I can assume is one of my brother's little shithead friends stole it, because when I got home, that one was gone too. I had two of those fuckers ganked. Yeah, there would have been uh, there would have been some murdering happening there. But the thing is, when I got, you know, normal PlayStation 1 price, it's not like I paid collectors. I had gotten two, one to keep sealed, one to say, you know, one to play. 
But then it's like, I had a... And this was like years later after the game came out was starting to pick up, you know, worth money. Sealed copy of Suede and Coden 2. Gone. Yeah, there would have... Yes, if I ever found out who did it, they're, they're going to be... Uh, they'll be... Uh, hell to pay. Because I'll probably use their soul as a bargaining chip, at the very least. Yeah, all of a sudden I got a new game because uh, I just sold their soul. That's that's after all what I do to get the soul prepared, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. You got to clean out the anus with a broomstick or something. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a call to the Martians. Hey, hey, guys, guys, I got I got something for you to do down here. Come on, I got somebody for you to test on. Oh God. But yeah, that's so that was terrible. That's the the worst thing is 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 losing games to that. No, they don't steal the bad game. They steal the really good game. I uh I went to England when I was I think I think it was like twelve or thirteen, and I took uh, I took John Karen with me. Remember him? Remember John Garen? Oh yeah, he's still in my Facebook friends. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't talked to that man in a long time. But uh, yeah, so I took John Karen with me, and while we were over there, I had oh man, now I'm probably over exaggerating because at the time they were worth a lot more to me. But I probably had like five to six hundred dollars in comics. You know, I had uh, the Fatal Attraction X Men series. Um. All the holographic and and tin metal issued Spider Man. Um, that was like when we were kids. That was like the the, the hot item to get at your hands on as yeah. collectors because we were yeah, all collecting I think, them. And, I think I even might have had the Death of the Superman stuff. I want to say that came out in like I want to say that came out just before I, or just around that time. But. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I had still have the Death of Superman stuff. I still do too. Yeah, I've got actually the sealed black, you know, the the one that comes with the armband and the newspaper clipping in it. Yeah, I I, I gently opened mine and, and read it and then slipped it back in. Oh no, I've uh, I've since left that thing because I I had multiple copies. I had the one in the black sleeve. I had the yeah. actual. You know who's smart? I had the second printing. You you know who's smart and has those sealed? Uh, My mom. Nice. Well, see, those are the ones that got me into collecting. Now, I say I say it's nice, but really, if you take a look at them now, because of all the continuity twists and stuff that they've done, they're barely worth the the paper they're printed on. Yeah, uh, of course, because DC couldn't leave it alone, so they fucked it. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they turned him. Did you remember the reason why they killed Superman to begin with? No. The original creator of Superman, of course, DC, you know, owned everything, but the original creator of Superman passed away. Back then, hmm. so as a homage, they said, "Well, I guess we're going to create something to, f- to kill off in, in his name. I'll give him a good hero send off. We're going to kill Superman." Hmm. But then the whole death of Superman was so big, and then the funeral for the fan was big, and then they said, "What? What if we tease he'll come back?" Then they did all those side, you know, nobody he didn't really come Superman. back. All this, you know, Superman, and that was huge because people were like, "I want to see who is Superman coming." And then, then they brought him back, and everyone was like, oh, but then they kind of died down. They're like, oh, let's let's keep going super now. We can do all kinds of twists. And it's like, and now you just fucked it. You ruined it all. Then for a while, you had that that, that blue and the red colored Superman. The man of energy, yeah. The man of energy, you know. The man of pride day, whatever it is. <laughs> it was, yeah. Like that, that it was, was awful. That was where they really started to lose me. Um like, it wasn't that bad at first. When I started going, I'm like, all right, they're trying a different level here. But then when they went with the red and the blue Superman, I'm like, all right, now they're just, they're desperate. They're milking this for whatever they can right now. 
Because, I mean, when he came back, it was like, okay, cool, Superman is back. And he hadn't quite got his powers back yet or his memory. That was still all right. That was still cool. It's like, okay, he's an alien. Maybe he did actually regenerate, you know. It's like, where are they going to go from here? And then I was like, uh, they're just going to, they don't know when to stop. They're going to fuck it. And they did. They, I mean, they, they did. They gave Superman the Yui Bowl treatment. What? I think we are having technical difficulties. Can you hear me, Cecil? I can hear you now. Go ahead, D. What were you saying? Saying that we kind of, on my end, it royally crashed hardcore. No, no, no. What were you saying about that game? You mean Superman? Was it Superman? What the hell were we talking about? The comic book Superman where it went all shitty. Sorry. Let's go from there. Damn my ADD riddled brain. Oh, no. It's more whips than cool whip. Cool whip. Why do you keep putting so much emphasis on the H? What? Just saying cool whip. Just saying cool whip. Well, for those of you listening right now, we actually just had some technical difficulty, which was really, really weird. But we're back. We're back in black. Yeah, just just some application drama, that's yeah, all. just some application drama. Well, back to worst games for a bit. What are some other worst games? What are some of the other... The most... Oh, God, I'm, this beer's hitting me hard. What are some of the worst <laughs> games that you've played? Mm. So, there was a game back on, like, CDO or 3DO or CDI or something like that. It was an old Zelda game that had cartoon full-motion videos in it. Yeah, it was actually temporarily... Nintendo let their license be kind of, like, out there for just a little bit. And then it was like, nope, 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 not a good idea. And it was the... um. It was a CDI, because I have a 3DO, and it was never on the 3DO. I think it was the CDI. Maybe that was it, because it was... Uh... It was the CDI, and there was two awful Zelda games, along with a really, really awful, like, Mario Hotel or Hotel Mario. Hotel Mario. There was, like, those three were just... Yeah, there was, like, these awful-ass games. I mean, the hit detection of those Zelda games, the... Because uh, one, uh, one was, I think you were using Princess Zelda... Yeah, it was pretty weird. Yeah, they basically, they managed to get to use the licensing for those two games and pretty much fucked it hardcore. So Nintendo had nothing to do with it. They don't even acknowledge it. But it was a slip up in their licensing. <laughs> and man, it was like Yui Bowl like smelled something in the air. I was like, I'm going to go fuck that up. I'm going to wreck it. It's like Velociraptors. You had Velocity Yui Bowl go, I smell. I piece to destroy. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to stick my dick in it. It's like, he fucked the ear hole of that hardcore. <laughs> he wasn't behind it, but I mean, it's it's as if the spirit of him fucked it in the ear it's hole. It's just amazing how we we just blame all the world's blights on Uwe Bowl. Trump? Yeah, that's totally Uwe Bowl's fault. <laughs> I can believe it. I, you know what, dude? I try not to... I, we always try to stay away from being... Um, but I couldn't resist a really shitty I, joke. I really, we just try to stay away from political stuff on this show, but I could yeah, believe that... <laughs> We both was responsible for Trump. Okay, so we're going to take this guy. He's going to be the billionaire that somehow is a billionaire, but he always seems to be in bankruptcy. And we're going to give him the worst hairdo. I mean, we're talking about like competitive with Kim Jong-un, bad hair day. And we'll paint him orange. Yeah. It's yeah. going to work. And he'll grab women by... By... Yeah, you guessed it. The vagina. Oh, pussy. Pussy's a better word. Yes, yes. Yeah, pussy. Yeah, let's, let's do pussy. Pussy sounds way better. Yeah, we can do that. 
and he's gonna go in promising great things and he's gonna fuck the system harder than the last time you and Bull got a hold of one of those fucking video game licenses. Oh God. But then again, I mean, if, for anybody, don't get too offended with that because, you know, I pick on, I'm an equal opportunity hater. I pick on, if it's political, it doesn't matter what side it is on, I'm probably going to make fun of it. Yeah. Yeah, I got to admit, I'm probably going to make fun of them too. I mean, it doesn't even matter. I mean, it's like, it, it, it could be anything. It, it, it's like, are you a politician? Yeah, I'm in this new party that was invented that's supposed to be royally good. I'm going to fuck with you. <laughs> just because. All right, let's, um. you know what? There, there's a game. I'm actually just perusing through a list here quick of games mm-hmm. that were horrible. And it was the Philips CDI, Legend of Zelda. Philips CDI, Philip yep. CDI, because I, yep. I think it was Junior down in Yonkers who had it, and I went over and I played it, and I went, this is horrendous. <laughs> this is not Zelda. Well, I, Why do you have the you name Zelda? I actually, I didn't play it. I watched him play it. So I guess technically... Uh, I guess technically I broke my own rule. I never actually played it, but I watched him play it, and it was pretty bad. But you know what? It, 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 at least, I mean, you may have had your eyeballs raped, but at least you didn't get the filth on the fingers. Good point. Good point. I didn't have to wipe my uh, my hands on my grandma's curtains. I mean, you didn't need, I mean, you didn't infect your own taint with that, so that's good. Well, there's... It's pretty bad when you don't want to infect your taint. There's one other game here that uh, that's on this list that came out in the 80s that I want to mention, but only because I don't know... I guess I want to talk about it because I don't know whether I would okay. consider this one of the worst games I've ever played. Um, it was Friday the Thirteenth for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It's heralded as, as generally a bad game, but some people actually do like it. I think I'm one of those people, and I think why it gets a bad rap is also because and and, and everybody's got to realize this is parody and everything else. It's you know a lot of jokes and a lot of stuff's exaggerated. But um, Angry Video Game Nerd did a did a video on that. Yeah. The AVGN. Yeah. And, you know, it's obviously a video on how terrible it was, you know, full acting out and everything else. It's typical stuff. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I think you can add, except for a very, very rare few, you can probably add the entire LGN library, aside from, like, two or three games, to the terrible games list. LGN was, like, <laughs> the stamp of death for any game. Acceptable, yeah. But, so, I look at this game, and I say... I can I have fond memories of getting my ass handed to me in that game. And one of the things that really kind of I don't know, it was the it was the atmosphere of that game cuz the music in it for being a Nintendo game. The music in it was creepy as hell. Like when you're on the character mm. selection screen and you've got that and it's just doing this weird minor key crap going on and you're like Ah, it's kind of funky. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> When's he jumping out of me? Anytime. Well, and that's the thing. That's the other thing that like really threw me. Like really threw me was that at any point in time, Jason could jump out of anywhere and wreck your face. Like you'd yep. be sitting there and you'd be like, "All right, well, I'm gonna go. I don't know, I'm just gonna go talk to these kids." Oh my God, Jason's here! And when he came out, the the game wasn't exactly like built well. So, it was, I mean, I can agree there. It wasn't really a well-built game. So when Jason jumps out at you, he starts throwing shit at you, and you're like, what the? Where is this coming? How do I dodge this? And you just couldn't. Did, wasn't it like, it was like hockey mask and like blue suit, if I remember correctly? Like it wasn't even the greatest graphics. Yeah, it was like he had purple 
he had like purple skin and he had like this teal suit and the hockey mask was blue. And in fact, in the new yeah. Friday the 13th game, they released a skin for one of the Jasons that makes him look like that Jason from that game. Oh, and the best part is that when you're that Jason and you're chasing after somebody, so you hear music when Jason starts getting closer. Well, when you have mm-hmm. that Jason skin on, it starts playing like this retro 8-bit music at you. It's really great, actually. <laughs> That's... That's uh, that ought to really confuse some people because if they're not ready for it, they're like, "Wait, is is Jason? What the f- is Jason? What is that? That'll that'll confuse some people at first. That's pretty cool." So I got to give the guys over at Gun Media a little bit of tip of my hat there, even though I'm totally pissed at him for not releasing any more um, content for it. But so I guess on the reversal, no, sorry. So I guess on the reversal, I guess I'll have to come up with one that is considered generally a bad game, but I like. Well, that's the thing about Friday the 13th, the game that, that's on NES, is that it's incredibly difficult. It's brutally difficult. And the entire game is completely against you. And I guess, you know what, now that I think about it, I guess the enemies that were in it were pretty pretty off the wall, too. Like, you're walking around and these zombies things, which I'm assuming are supposed to be like Jason's mother, come out of the ground and you got to, sh- like, attack them with a stone to kill them. And then all of a sudden you'll get like a knife and then eventually you can find a machete. Um, so, I, you know, I guess. And, and then when you go into the woods, there's like some bats and some wolves chasing you, which, of course, have nothing to do with the actual movie. So I guess in that yeah. in that case alone, yeah, that's pretty bad. But a lot of people, you know, AVG and I mean, a lot of people herald that as being a bad game. So but, you know, obviously, you know, taste is pretty subjective. But for that, I think I'm going to have to add one that a lot of people consider a bad game, but I actually like. Fester's Quest on the oh, NES. Oh, God, I love Fester's Quest. It's it's considered a bad game by a lot. It actually is considered you know, not a good game, but I actually enjoy it. God, I loved Fester's Quest. I still love Fester's Quest. I have it right here. And it's ins- it's one of those insanely difficult games, too. It's not like an easy game to play. It's a difficult game to play. It is, and oftentimes it, unfair. Oh yeah, uh, not oftentimes, all the time unfair, especially on hit yeah. detection. Oh yeah, or or you caught in a spot where you can't hit the enemy. The enemy is like, I gotta clear. I'm coming for you, dude. <laughs> You're like, there's nothing I can do. It's like, give me your ear hole. Oh no. But I mean, the premise is pretty helpful all too for that game. You, you know, Adam's family. Cool. They're, they're pretty strange. But, oh, aliens came and abducted the rest of your family. Go save them. Yeah, that was the one thing about Fester's Quest I never got. What the hell did aliens have to do with it? But then you go to, the, like, you know, I guess it captured part of your family because you find Lurch and you find some people that give you items to help you fight the bosses hiding in random houses. It's like, okay, you're out of family. You're strange. You got a cool mansion. Aliens claim uh, came, and now you're invading other people's houses. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that, that's one of those things that I never quite grasped onto. Like, okay, so what do aliens have to do with the Adams Family? Like, Because there's been a bunch of Adams Family games. Fester's Quest is just like, somebody smoked the wrong dude, man. Hardcore smoked. <laughs> they, weren't ready for, they, weren't, they weren't ready for that shit. <laughs> or Yui Bowl looked at the Adams Family. <laughs> Although I can't, no, I can't say that because I actually do like Fester's Quest. I do. I like Fester's Quest. I, I remember saving up money to get that. And it was enjoyable. I enjoyed that game. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a bunch of, I mean, but I think with technical limitations, like back then, it was, 
It was interesting. You had a plenty of good games, plenty of bad games, too. And you couldn't, you know, back then you didn't have the amount of stuff on the internet for resources to look stuff up and reviews. It was like you had to judge shit by the cover art. Yeah. But then the game makers hadn't figured that out. So you got some really good games that had cover art that was like, nothing to do with the game. You would like, it's like, what is this? That looks boring. And then he had like, oh, this cover art's so cool. And the game would be a turd. But then the one that had the boring cover art was like the best, you know, Harold is one of those hidden gems. And you're like, it was always like a hit or miss. And since you didn't have a lot of money, even if you were on kind of the know with your friends, you knew the good games, your parents, when they picked it up for whether it be like Christmas presents or whatever, they had no fucking clue. It was always Russian roulette right there. Yeah, like I can remember, um, like Kid Icarus's cover art was pretty plain Jane and pretty simple. It looked like the game. Yeah. But then you look at Rambo's you know cover the- art, and you're like, oh, this looks amazing. And then you play the game, and you're yeah. like, this is nothing like the cover art. But that's but that's the thing is like the first like few of them that came out like that first like original series they all were pretty much straightforward cover art, but like a lot of the third parties were like, uh, what? Well, I mean, back in the day though, <laughs> but all- some also did have good. There were also good games with good cover art. Like I really dig. I know the artwork for the Japanese versions is fantastic. Like I love their artwork, but I really still to this day just dig the original box art of the original Final Fantasy. The all black with the red lettering and that globe in there. It, I just dig it. Oh, yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, that's, I'm like, wasn't that pretty a simplistic, like, straightforward cover art? Yeah, but, I, you know, I digged it. I just got, like, on a detour there. No, I'm tracking. I'm tracking. No, there was some cover art that, like, back in the day, you all you had was cover art to work on. And there was some cover art that was actually really, really good. Really shitty game, but really, really great cover art. So it was always hit or miss. But luckily, I mean... Like, uh, my parents just, just got lucky. They just, would like, looked around when they found a bunch of games. Um, one of the games they got us just because it's like, oh, this looks like fun. River City Ransom. Oh, God. That's a phenomenal game. River City Ransom? Are you nuts? Yes, but that's beside the point. That's awesome. Oh, my God. I, I, I loathe that game, River City Ransom. Jeez, I would... That game probably gave me cancer. <laughs> you know, just like how you could piss off your uh, your friend or brother by, like, beating each other up? That led to a lot of me and my brother's real-life River City ransoming each other, you know, whipping the... You son of a bitch! Yeah, I'm going to say that. Boink, barf. <laughs> that, that was... Uh, I'm surprised that didn't turn into, like, some, you know, River City pistol whipping over there. It pretty much did. It did at times. Yeah, that... But, that um... Game, God, I... Yeah. Ah... River City Ransom, Jesus. Then there was one that was, like, mostly boring until you got to go into the planet. Destination Earth Star. Destination Earth Star? What the hell was that one? Yeah. It was it was a spacefaring game where basically, occasionally you'd find enemies that would shoot at you and you'd try to destroy them, and most of the time you missed or they'd destroy you. But you'd wander around in space. Just wander around, right? And then you finally see, like, a planet in the distance and you could try to land on it. And it was really hard. You had to get it just the right angle and it wasn't always the same angle. And if not, you just overshot, and it was just a pain in the ass. But if you managed to get in where you could land, you know, go into the planet, like, you'd go into the, you know, and then you would fight your way through, like, a shooter stage, almost like an R-type stuff. But for most of the game, it was flying through space going, what the fuck do I do, and where the fuck am I, and where the fuck do I go? And then you hope you can get into that planet. If not, you're like, well, fuck. And then you get attacked every once in a while, you're like, what the fuck? 
And eventually you actually pick just the right spot to aim and your spaceship will go, oh, going into landing, and goes inside the planet. And then, of course, it's side-scroller shooter now, which was fun, but hard. But the side-scrolling shooter was, like, sparsely placed amongst a lot of where the fuck am I, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> it was like you're Tony Stark and you're just lost, like, <sighs> I'm going to die. <laughs> I can't do shit. I'm just going to sit here, float, and die. Like, you have no idea what's going on. Oh, there was a game on uh, on Atari. I'm trying to remember what it was. You, like, flew around and you landed on the planets and every now and then, like, you had to save people, but they would walk up and it would be kind of random. Like, All of a sudden they'd come up and they'd be like some weird tentacle monster and they'd do damage. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Moonlander, was it? No. Was it Moonlander? I don't think it was Moonlander. Because you had Defender and you could save people, but you didn't land and get out. Moonlander, you had to try to land. But I'm not sure if you had to save anybody. No, this was like a, a first person. So like you were in the cockpit and it was really rudimentary what you could do. Oh, no, no. It was none of those. No, no I'm off the mark like entirely. Yeah, this was I'm like, really bad. I'm like, you know, I'm not tracking. I'm like, I'm not like a heat-seeking missile right now. I'm like an arrow in the hands. I'm like a bone arrow in the hands of, uh, you know, Michael J. Fox. I'm not going in the right direction. Oh, God. The second Michael J. Fox joke in the, in the show. We're going to get sued. But the sad part is, 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 is this <laughs> bad taste jokes, but I really do like Michael J. Fox. Oh, I think yeah, he's man. an awesome actor. Man, he, he was, he was uh, oh, what was that movie? The cover of the movie had where, like, like almost it was like wall, but, you know, something's, like, behind the wall trying to come out, like, you know, like a sheet over your face, and you're like, ah, trying oh, to get out. Oh, the ghosts. Yes, with the ghosts. You could talk that to the ghosts. Really and y- You know yeah, what I'm talking dude, about. What's the name of that movie? movie? I know that movie. Um, What the name of that movie is I'm, is going to completely escape me. But if you give me long enough <laughs> to stall, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Emperor Google, what is that movie? Hang on, hang on. I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking. The Frighteners. Well, really, I liked Frighteners. Yes. I mean, I loved him in that. I mean, of course, you know, Back to the Future. I mean, he was, you know, in that day and age, he was one of my favorite actors. I really enjoyed Michael J. Fox. He was a really short guy, though. And in real life, apparently, he's really, really down earth and nice guy and very generous. So it's, it's like. It's not the guy you want to see that happen to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but that, I mean, that always, always the worst things happen to the nicest guys. Yeah, everybody's always talking about karma. It's like, uh, oh, oh, karma's going to get you. No, no, it's too, it's too, it's too busy butt-fucking innocent people. Yeah, yeah karma, karma doesn't <laughs> care about me. No, karma's, karma has a long list of really nice people it's going to butt-fuck before getting to me. Because yeah, okay. <laughs> if karma was real and it was just like this, you know, all sentient, all knowing being that's like, okay, you've been good. I'm going to reward you. You've been bad. What did all these super nice people do? I mean, it's like, where is the evil? Or, or what did they do? Like, seriously, what did they do? Watch it be, watch it, watch it be. It's like, you know, okay, you know, you're going to have some like not good health later on in life. You know, you were, you know, a murderer or you, you bank robber. Yeah. You're going to have some ill health in, in later in life. Man, this this poor little girl got cancer. How could he explain that? She's innocent. No, no. Karma goes, no, she's not. She deserves every bit of it. What did she do? She didn't return that library book. Karma, what kind of drugs are you fucking on? <laughs> Doesn't match. What, what, how is that more serious? Karma, this dude over here is eating people. Like, actually eating people. Yeah, he'll get a rash. Th- but... 
they donated. Yeah, but you know, they forgot to, to, to return that one movie on time and rewind the VHS. So they're going to get um six cancers and rabies. But but Karma, Karma what fucking This dude right here like tracks people down and rapes them. Yeah, yeah, but he's an organ donor. What? <laughs> it's like It's like if Karma was a being, it would be the most insane arbitrary Petty son of a bitch. <laughs> it's, it would be, almost be as, as irresponsible as the, uh, was it like the King of the Galaxy or something like that in um, Hitchhiker's Kind of the Galaxy? Yeah. Like, you signed our planet to get destroyed. I did? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, Jesus. Well, on that note, D, where can people find you at, man? People can find me on my website, microbrewgamers with a Z instead of an S.com. Same thing with my YouTube channel, microbrewgamers. I'm also on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Also on Discord. I've got my own. I'm usually more on than anything else on GNA's Discord, of course. And I'm also been on Yeah Dude Gamers and um, amongst others, I've been on A Josh of All Trades. Three-player co-op. I think that's about pretty much where I've been. Oh, and Mule Hole Gaming. I pop in at all those a little bit here and there. Nice. Oh, holy shit. Hold on. Before I do mine, did we have, we have did questions? We have questions. We? That's what I'm about to find out. Did we have questions? <laughs> we, didn't we say last time we were going to fuck it up in the future, yep. too? Like, Oh, but we, we came close, but we, we got it. What's the question? I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm making sure we don't have any. I'll give you an answer. Probably not going to be the right answer. But I'll give you an answer. No, we're good. There's no questions. We're good. We're good. I didn't screw up. Woo! Man. People don't love us anymore. There for a minute. I should be, we should be more worried there's no questions. No, no, I'm good because I almost forgot them. But I guess, yeah, I guess I'm kind of sad that we had no questions and I remember this time. Fuckers. Anyways, I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil vs. Games on Twitter, Cecil Xavier everywhere else. Facebook, Ustream, Mixer, Twitch. Um... You can find me tooling around the GNA Discord, Mulehorn Gaming's Discord, uh, uh, shoots, shooters, yeah, shooters and beers, yeah, do gamers, Josh of all trades, TPC. I'm all around. I'm I'm floating around all of them. I uh, I troll my way in whenever I possibly can. He's like herpes all over the place. I just I spread I spread. You don't even have to kiss. You just have to like sit on a toilet seat. I'm there attacking you. Oh, hell, he's, 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 he's like the soda. It's like, oh, is that mine? I'll take a sip. God, why does my lip hurt? <laughs> now you're addicted to heroin. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Reviews on uh, reviews help people find the show. So if you enjoy the show, <laughs> if you enjoy listening to us, spread the word. You can also find us on services like Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Player FM, Spreaker, MyTuner, Your Listen, and Spotify. We're even there. If we're not someplace, let us know. We'll upload to it. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Just search at GNA Podcast, all one word, and we'll pop right up. Giggity. We've partnered with Humble Bundle. Hey, D, why don't you tell us about Humble Bundle? You remember? I do remember, sort of. I can certainly wing it, but I might not have to because you save it on Emperor Okay, we're part of the Humble Bundle. Tell us about fucking A. Eh? <laughs>
Oh, Bob, a case for choosing service that we treated our partner with. You purchased cams like you normally would, but with a twist. Yeah, like a perfect miracle. Your choice of part goes to the publisher, to Humble Bundle, or to charity. You can give it all to charity if you want, or none of it. Your call. Throw that question mark. Partner equals DNA Podcast. At the end of your Humble Bundle link, before you buy to let them know that we sent you that way. So far this month, I don't know what the fuck we've raised, because... I don't know if anybody's even calculating this shit. Who's got a calculator? One of us does. I should probably check that don't shit. Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Don't forget, you can put that at the end of any Humble Bundle. Like, just add it on. So if you're going to buy a game through Steam, check Humble Bundle. You may get it there and help charity at the same time. And if you help us, they, they throw more Steam teams our way that, that we can give to you. So. You like Steam teams, don't you? So let's see here. I'm I'm actually looping in the wrong month here. I should probably go December, shouldn't I? December we probably made like four what bucks, is? right? It is December. Which actually, sorry. We have made $14.70 in December. Actually, all from store purchases as well. It's not even from uh it's not even from bundles. So you guys have been well, somebody's been listening and putting the uh question nice. mark partner equals GNA podcast at the end of all of your humble bundle stuff. So that's awesome. You guys rock. We love you. Oh, I'm supposed to continue here, oh, aren't come, I? Come, come, come here and give us a quick uh, Do you like mm-hmm. anime? If you do, join us Sunday nights at nine, or sorry, at seven thirty Eastern Standard Time at Rabbit. Did you say Sunday? We do Sundays. Yeah, anime nights, Sunday nights. Oh, 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 oh! It changed. It changed from Wednesday. Yeah, yeah it's only been that way for I'm like gonna... I don't know three weeks or so, <laughs> or, or like. No yeah, numbers? but this this is an old one I just quickly pulled up. It says Wednesday in front of me. I just threw, I threw that up just to get to the humble bundle shit. Yeah, so we we only changed that at like I don't know the beginning of November, D. Uh, yeah, but I've got the memory of a gold fit. Ooh, you can, ooh, is that a you can join us at www.rabbit.it. Sorry, rab r a b b dot i t forward slash gna podcast for anime night hosted by Zyberblood. He's been uh, kicking it. He, he's been kicking ass while Blue Shark's been taking a hiatus. Yeah, where's Blue Shark, motherfucker? Anyways, um, I, I bet you he's busy not being a shark. No, nor forty five, but maybe blue. Only blue. Like horror movies, we do. We watch them every second Saturday of the month. Horror movie nights hosted by Damn, Cyberblood. I almost answered you. Last month was we had some B-rate movies, and man, I'm loving these really <laughs> bad horror movies. Murder Party. Oh my God, Murder Party. That was that was actually amusing as hell. That, but but that wasn't that wasn't the actual official horror movie night. That was just a random night that I was just like, hey, shit, I'm gonna watch some horror movies. Dude, Murder Party. If you haven't seen Murder Party, you it have was, to see it. That was actually pretty. There were some brilliant parts in that. There were so many brilliant parts <laughs> in it. You, you, you see the advert for it, and you're thinking to yourself, this is going to be a horrible movie where everybody dies. And you're right. It's a horrible movie where everybody dies, but it starts off, and you're thinking, it's going to go downhill quick. It's going to go downhill quick. It does one thing, and you're like, holy crap, this is where it goes downhill. They really started this off early. And then it levels right out into some weird, twisted stuff, and you're like, what's going on? I Like, nobody's dying. And you're like, people have got to die. And then all of a sudden, it's like a shotgun blast. Just people start dying left and right. But you know, it's, it's also amazing. is like one of the, the first ones to go on that, you know, just hit the head. It's like, do you smell fresh cut grass? Yeah, yeah that's a, like most of the people who died in it. 
didn't, well... But you know what was brilliant about that, right? Why? After a traumatic brain injury, like a really bad injury, a lot of times it throws your senses of, like, smell off, and you'll smell, like, odd things, like roses or grass or something. Oh, shit. It's like, that isn't there. Yeah. Yeah, so somebody was actually thinking, they just kind of added that, that in, and it's like, it, it just seems kind of odd, like, oh, they really rang their bell, but you actually can have some weird issues with your sense of smell and other sensors after a, a traumatic brain injury. Well, the more you know. Well, anyways. So somebody was actually thinking. So join us, uh, join us every <laughs> second Saturday for Horror Movie Night. Uh, first Saturday every month is Game Show Night, where we do giveaways. We give away Steam codes. You can join us there at www.mixer.com forward slash GNA podcast. Check out our good friends, The Meter at We Need to Talk, and Caleb and Alex at Geek Squatch. We also want to thank Morgan BS for not being here. No, I'm joking. We want to thank Morgan BS Photography for our new logo and artwork. <laughs> Check him out at morganbs.com. Uh, you can also email us at GNA Podcast at GNA and your DNA.1 with questions, comments, death threats. We don't care. Dick pics. We'll send them all to Damoc. He loves dick pics. Send Damoc dick pics. Uh, last but not least, check out our website at www.gnapodcast.com. We have pictures up there. We've got our podcast feed up there. All sorts of other fun stuff. Well, thank you, D, for joining me tonight. Have a great night. Well, thank you, Cecil. It, it, it was the dynamic duo. Yeah, another... Uh, and we, I think we, we about stayed on... Almost stayed on topic almost. pretty well. I think it was still an exercise almost. in ADD, though. It always is. Have a good night, man. Have a good night, dude. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. I need you.